0: Are you here? <laughs> here we are, starting up another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. We've got an exclusive interview with musical sensation Jessica Muse, a singer, songwriter, performing and recording artist. Uh, you're just gonna love meeting this talented, lovely, hard-working artist. You know, the Paul Leslie Hour really encourages you to like and subscribe and follow Jessica on all her social channels to stay up to date on her new music and where she'll be performing next. And remember, Muse is spelled M-E-U-S-E. You can also help keep this show going, the P-A-U-L-L-E-S-L-I-E show. Just go to the slash support. And we thank you. Hey, the moment is here, my folks, my friends, introducing Jessica Muse. Hello. Hey, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good, staying busy. I'm just hustling, staying busy and balancing everything really.
2: So when we're talking with Jessica Muse, we just never know in the where in the world you might be. It could be on some tropical island somewhere. It could be at home. Where where are you at the at the time?
1: I wish I was on a tropical island. That would be fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in Central Alabama right now with my family for the summertime, and kind of going from there.
2: Well, I want to properly introduce the woman that we're talking to. It's Jessica Muse, and she's a very expressive singer, very powerful voice. She's a true songwriter. An independent recording artist with millions of streams to her name. And you've seen her on The Voice, American Idol, something that she has that's a very unique distinction, I think, is the first person in the history of American Idol to use an original song, her own song, during the finals. That's bragging rights, I think. But it's great to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us from Central Alabama.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I was happy to get the email.
2: So would you say that there is something that is the heart of what you do, whether it's the writing, the performing, the recording?
1: I think that the heart of what I do is absolutely a thousand percent the message that I want to spread to the world. And that is inner strength and getting through hardships and understanding that unanswered prayers aren't always a bad thing. That everything gets better and it's really about perspective and feeling the feelings and just being human and being kind to each other. Like there's, it's a big message, but that's, I think, at the heart of everything that I pursue. So why do you write? Well, when I was a kid, I moved around a lot. I was, I was... Pretty much. I was alone a lot. I I learned how to do that. And with the autism spectrum disorder and stuff, it really makes sense because it was easy for me to be alone and self entertained. So I didn't mind it. But because of that, I became super introspective. And at the same time, we relocated so much that everything around me, sensory wise and, and environments and people, it was always changing. So music became the one consistent thing. And in those moments of being alone, which there were a lot of, I really got in touch with who I am and who I want to be. And I got to know myself and and it came out in the form of writing. It became very therapeutic. It still is very therapeutic to this day. And it coincides directly with my message that I was just talking about. So it, it all works together very well.
2: I want to talk a little bit about your Alabama background Alabama is a place, kind of like this state right next to it, Mississippi. Those two states have brought so many great recording artists, singers, songwriters. Would you say that Alabama has influenced you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, this is the longest I've ever been in one place. I was born in Texas. I've ping-ponged all over. I've lived in the Northeast. I've been all over the Southeast and just kind of settled here. And... It undoubtedly impacted everything about my music because I, I started playing out when I was in college in 2009. I started school. And I started playing out all the time, but also going to as many shows as possible. And because of that and everything in Alabama, it's not, it's not very close. So I, I'm regularly doing hour plus drives. So that left me with a lot of time, even when I commuted up to school, work, whatever it may be to sit and absorb music on the radio on, and then all the streaming stuff came out and it's on demand. So it helped me to. I think reach out to a lot more different genres and subgenres of music, as well as local artists who just do whatever they want. So I, I was definitely influenced by all of that.
2: I keep this bracelet on and I don't think anybody can see it, so I I probably shouldn't bother. But it says it says support independent music. And every now and then people will stop me and they'll say, What what's that there on your wrist? And something that I like about you is I've listened to some of your interviews and you've stressed about what it means to be an independent artist. But for the people out there who are watching or listening, and maybe they're thinking, I like this certain artist. What is a way, the best way, that you can support somebody whose music you like or whose music has touched you?
1: Well, right now, especially with the old school rules that haven't been amended for the streaming and royalties and such, which, you know, streaming make a part of a cent for a bajillion plays. It's kind of a joke. So I even understand as a consumer, not just the artist, but one of the best ways you can support people is not only going to see them perform live, obviously, but buying merch. Mm -hmm. So I have a big thing. If I listen to an artist so much, if I am obsessed, like, Shine down and in Beartooth. I'm obsessed with them right now. I will buy the vinyl. I will buy the vinyl. I will buy a t shirt. And I like to go get tour shirts. I, I collect them at this point. I love collecting tour shirts because they only make X amount for a certain amount of time. So I think merch is probably one of the best ways, in addition to actually going and clearly supporting the artist. But as an independent artist myself, it also helps when your fans are committed and they're there to talk about you. People have said, "Hey, when are you coming to whatever state?" And I say you got to tell people you want to hear me. Mm. So tell people about the artist talk, share stuff. Share it's not just money, you know. At that point it's about you you have to spread the word. And that's really going to help an independent artist like I'm not a household name yet. I'm not And it's really going to take a push from my fans and that kind of support to to get to that
2: next level. Hmm. And radio, that's a pretty hard nut to crack. Am I right?
1: Radio is pretty tough. Yeah. Because a lot of the labels have their hands in all the cookie jars anyway. So I know for me, Independent in 2017 and 18... I think were the the primary years that I went on radio tour, but it's also it's grueling. It's it's rough. I blew my voice out. Uh, I had a toxic management relationship, uh, and that kind of stuff really wears you down. But it's it is hard to initially even get your foot in the door on that anyway. I, I made sure I made as many connections as I possibly could because not only were a lot of them really cool, just like a, a lot of nerds like me, so we really connected, but it's all about relationships. And I say that about, honestly, any industry that you work in. You, mm-hmm. you Make them care about you. Give them a reason why they should give a crap about you.
2: Hmm. Now, you just mentioned voice. And I think anybody who listens to you will notice you have a very unique voice. It's powerful, but at the to- at the same time, there are times it's able to convey a real emotional realness to it. Is there something you did to develop your voice?
1: Well, I overused it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. It's funny because I was told and I'm still told that I sound like Stevie Nicks a lot. Hmm. And I've even been kind of compared to Janis Joplin or a little bit of Amy Winehouse. I think it's more of the dark hair when it comes to that. But. When I was compared to Stevie, I was a little kid. I was just starting to sing and I sang it like, you know, church stuff and not really public yet. But people would say, you sound like Stevie Nicks. And I was so young. I was like, I don't know who that is. (laughs) I I have no idea. So it was completely unintentional. I know how that sounds like blasphemy. I I didn't know who she was. It's so crazy. But I, I didn't. I was a child. And It just so happened that my vocals are, they have that little vibrato just like hers, especially, and I can sing that lower register that, I don't know, it's just a weird timbre when it comes to that. And it's very unique. But as I've gotten older, I've really gotten to know my voice. I always compare it to, it's like going to the gym, you work out and you, you start seeing the change, you start really, you feel different. It's the same thing with your voice. When you stop going to the gym and you stop working out, you're going to go backwards. So you have to always continuously be working on it just like yourself.
2: Hmm. Really interesting. It's been a few years back, but somebody that I was able to interview, Deborah Byrd, famed yep. vocal coach for American Idol, and something that she went into in the interview that – Almost nobody has talked about this. When she talked about how important physical exercise, getting exercise, working out, that this is a part of being a vocalist. And that's interesting to me.
1: Deborah was my coach on
2: The Voice. How cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She's fantastic.
2: So you would agree that taking care of yourself, hitting the gym, lifting weights, that kind of thing, that's a part of it
1: absolutely and also a, an even almost bigger part of that and you know i'm a, i'm a trainer i'm a nutrition coach i have all the papers to stick on the wall so like i've read the books and done the courses but what you put in your body is just as important as your workout regimen so i take my vitamins i'm not drinking i'm doing a whole transformation thing right now and i honestly my brain is quicker i think a lot clearer I feel better, you know, when you drink, you get bloated and you feel like crap the next day. But also one thing I've noticed is my voice is better because yeah. alcohol is almost like an astringent and and coffee can be too, because it's acidic. But if you're mindful of the things you put in your body, your voice, your performance overall, whether it's physical or vocal, like you're going to be better.
2: Hmm. And I, I guess not only that, like I'll just share personally today. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night and I was feeling just, I started feeling like I'm getting in a funk earlier in the afternoon. And although it was the last thing I wanted to do, I wanted to just sit on the couch, but I made myself work out and it did incredible things for my, you know, put me in the mood to, you know, put that little extra pep in my step. So there's all kinds of benefits to exercises. I'm sure, you know,
1: yeah, it releases endorphins. That's what puts that pep in your step. Right. Yep.
2: Now, we, you were talking about other singers there earlier. Is there anyone, anyone living, that is, that you would love to do a duet with?
1: Brent Smith of Shinedown. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I would cry. But I would, I would hold it in until after I got to do the performance with him, and then I would cry because that's on my bucket list. It's absolutely, I would freak out so hard. That's like the one person I'm fangirling.
2: Yeah? Yes. Well, speaking of of singers from the past, did you see the Elvis movie? Not yet. I have not. Are you planning on seeing it?
1: I don't go out a lot. Uh (laughs) I'm super introverted, but the moment it's on stream, I will.
2: Yeah. So you're an introvert at heart. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. As am I. Is it? Is there ever like a battle that goes on between being an introvert at heart and then getting up on stage in front of a whole bunch of people or being on television?
1: I wouldn't call it a battle so much as I think it's just being reasonable with your time and understanding that you need to recharge. So I was recently diagnosed with basically Asperger's syndrome. Hmm. It explains a lot of the introversion, and the reason I went and got tested was because I told the psychologist whenever I go out, I feel like I am pretending to be normal, and I feel like I've done it my entire life. And it, it kind of left me with a question of who am I, and that identity crisis is is a weird feeling, and it's not really fun because I would. I'll go out and I'll have basically, I'll burn myself out and do a million things and be social and interact with people. And it'll be loud and noisy. And I get sensory overload really bad. And I'll Irish goodbye very hard. So I realized that. And now that I have my diagnosis, I'm a little more understanding with myself. And I'm like, oh, that's what that is. But it also has helped me to know how to allot my time more reasonably so that I don't get that burnout. Because it's not that I don't like people. It's not like that at all. I love doing what I do. And when I'm on stage, that's the one time I feel like I can really be myself. But at the same time, it is a job. I am entertaining people. I have to be quick. And I have to remember all the words and all the chords. Like there's a lot going on when you play. And it is physically tiring sometimes. But it's the most fun that I have. And I know in the back of my mind that I do get to go home, recharge, go to sleep, you know, watch a movie, watch Bob's Burgers, whatever. It's, it's all about balance.
2: Well, has there been something after or before one of your performances that a fan has said to you that's been the most memorable or the most moving thing?
1: Man, I mean, OK, recently I played at a. Vineyard in Ozan. And there was a woman who I sang Simple Man, and that's my favorite song in the world to ever play. And this woman came up to me and she just, it, you could tell it was a catharsis for her. She had not cried all week. She told me her father passed away that Wednesday. This is a, the Friday night. So two mm. days before and she still went to my show. Bought a ticket knowing that I was the person playing is a huge fan. But when she heard Simple Man, it just it let her release all those feelings. And she kept apologizing. And I told her, it's okay, Feel the feelings. And Mm. I gave a hug and she told me, like, thank you so much. She apologized again. I told her stop apologizing. (laughs) But she just told me that that song really meant so much to her. And it was like her dad's song. And so when I played it, she was. It, it made her happy. It was like a happy moving through the grief kind of moment. But she, she thanked me, and I think that's really powerful. And that's, that's the power of music right there.
2: Wow. Well put. What a story. Would you say there are other songs? Like I, I was listening last night to your rendition of Dolly Parton's Jolene. Are, are there other songs that, you know, you would say they're written by someone else, but it, it's almost like it's a Jessica Muse signature?
1: Oh, yeah. There's one. There's this girl named Jen Wigmore. And this is probably the only song I can really name by her, but it's called Happy Ever After. And it's about how... I should have known that Happy Ever After wasn't you. And it's such a spitfire snarky song. I was like, Dude, this sounds like something I wrote. It really does. <laughs> and people people will be like, is that one of your songs? I'm like, no. It's not but it should be. So yeah, there's, there's a few like that. But that's the first one that comes to
2: mind. Are you writing anything at the moment?
1: Yeah, I have a another song in the works. I've been trying to write I, I don't try to force myself to write, but I do when I have an idea, like I'll sing it into my phone, I'll immediately write something down and then I'll I'll revisit it at a later time and kind of work around it. And it has to be the right time. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird process. It just kind of, it's like throws up out of me. But uh, I'm working on a new song. I wrote World's on Fire probably two weeks ago now. And uh, that's the newest one that there is. Before that I wrote a song called Charity and that was about a month or so ago now. So I'm I'm actively writing, actively working on stuff. I'm looking to do more co-writes and branch out cuz I know how I write and I want to open my mind to other styles.
2: Anybody out there that you're dreaming of co-writing with?
1: Well, I mean again, I Eric and Brent of Shinedown, they write a lot of their stuff. And I just, I love the phrasing and just the, the different chord progressions that are out of my, my realm. Mm. And I think I could learn a lot by writing with them because there's a reason I love their music so much. And part of that is obviously the songwriting. So i am it just does something to my brain that makes me really happy. So if I wrote something that was even in that vein slightly, that would be
2: a dream come true. And it, it looked like maybe it was my imagination. Was there a cameo of a of a cat? Was that a cat? Did a cat walk into oh, the street? Oh, this
1: is my dog. Come here, Crash.
2: Oh, a dog.
1: He's <laughs> a big old golden retriever. Hey, oh, buddy.
2: maybe it was the tail his tail. Oh
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's a big hundred pound golden retriever. He looks like Duke, the bushes baked beans dog.
2: How sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. He's the best dog I've ever had in my life.
2: There's nothing like dogs. No. <laughs> Do reviews matter to you?
1: It depends who writes them.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Like if it if it was a a huge songwriter or, you know, someone I have tremendous respect for, or someone who has full and an understanding and knowledge of the industry, and they gave me constructive criticism. I would be willing to work with that to become better. Hmm. If someone's opinion, that's like, I don't like you, you suck. I'm going to be like, okay, well, chances are I probably don't like you either. So I'm going to keep doing me.
2: (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. Would you say that there are any role models in the music industry that you have?
1: I really like Grace Potter. I I don't know what she's been up to recently, but she's just this really beautiful, strong powerhouse kind of woman. With a fantastic voice, but shes I've never really heard any drama around her. She just does what she does, and she's great at it. And I love that because, you know, that's why I make music. I don't want any of the extra crap that gets lodged onto
2: it. Right. Well, you know, one of the things about being a touring artist or anybody really in the entertainment business is a lot of times you get to meet some very interesting people. Mm Mm-hmm. Who would you say you've met of late that you thought, well, that that's a real character?
1: What do you mean real character? Like they stood out or like.
2: Yeah, just somebody that you met that you just thought, well, you know, I ne- maybe you never thought you would get to meet them or you, you just you thought they were interesting.
1: OK, well, this was a while ago, but I met Winona, and she was eating her dinner at the same restaurant as I was. And I didn't want to bother her, but I just remember I had this innate feeling. I was like, I have to tell her I really like her music. And I grew up listening to her. And again, it's one of those original powerhouse, strong women singers. And, you know, she she was, she was came from nothing and became amazing. So, sorry, my dog is distracting me chewing on a toy.
2: No problem.
1: Anyway. So she was eating and I I waited for her to finish. We we kind of ended up walking out at the same time. And I said, hey, I really don't want to bother you. But I just wanted you to know that your music had a huge impact on me growing up. And I just appreciate it so much. And she goes, oh, come here, honey. And she hugs me and says, let's take a picture. And so there is a picture of me with my American Idol hair. I had the hot pink and everything. And it's just me and Winona, And I was cheesing really hard. But she took a moment out of her day that I didn't even ask for. I just wanted to compliment the woman and she gave me a picture and everything. And it was not my idea. It was hers. So it was just those little moments between an artist and a fan that can make you a fan for life. And that was my new
2: Oh yeah. Well, what about Ron white was, is he as funny as he is when he's doing his comedy?
1: <laughs> Some of his jokes are so nasty. <laughs> We did a Ron's a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Every time I've met him, he's just been I don't know. I don't even think of him like a celebrity because I've met him a couple times now and I've worked with the tequila company, number one. And they're everyone there, Alex, all of them are just really awesome and they've always included me. And I will always be grateful for that because they didn't have to, they just Mm -hmm. do. And Ron is always really chill. He's funny. We got to hang out on his bus and he told stories about his dog Mustard and he's he is hilarious, but some of his jokes, I'm just like, I'm not old enough for this. I'm not. Mm.
2: <laughs> you performed all over the place and visited a lot of interesting places. Is there is there some place you want to take your music and perform that you haven't been to yet?
1: I want to play in like England and New Zealand and Australia. I want to go all those places, especially England, because that's where Henry Cavill is, and he is a beautiful specimen. So
2: <laughs> well, I want everybody to check out jessicamuse.com. And a real easy way to remember this is it's like me use. <laughs> M-E-U-S-E. Me use. Jessica Muse. What is the best thing about being Jessica Muse?
1: Um This is something I've learned in hindsight, but your quirkiness and your weirdness and your inability to fit in the box is actually a gift. And I didn't realize that probably really until this year. So all the adversity and the hardships and, you know, get the knives in the back. There's lots of those Mm. thinking people are your friends and they're not and. And, and then getting success, and then people try to use you. That always happens. Get on TV one time, and it happens. Mm. But all of all of that is actually a gift. Every hardship, every every moment you've questioned who you are, and and that for me as Jessica Muse has really, it's one of those unanswered prayers things. I'm really big on that because I've every single time. I've been like, you know what? I'm just trusting whatever you believe in, whether it's God, the universe, the force from Star Wars. To me, it's all the same thing. And it's I just put it in God's hands and it always works out. So Mm.
2: great. Well, I always like to end the show in a way that it's just incredibly open ended. I always like to give the guests the stage. Just give them the microphone. So we just never know who's listening. We never know who's watching. For anybody who's tuned in with us, what would you say to them?
1: Embrace the weird and just be yourself because the world needs more of that. And a lot of negative stuff makes the news and gets all the PR, but the world is really full of a lot of good people who want to do good things and make it a better place. And I think it's Steve Jobs who said, That the person crazy enough to think that they can change the world is usually the person who does. So (laughs) be that person, challenge yourself, push yourself to always be the best version of you every single day, and you will never regret a moment of your life.
2: Well, Jessica Muse, thank you so much for coming on here. A great pleasure to interview you. I can't wait to see one of your shows.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I hope you can make it. That'd be awesome.
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time. Awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepauleslie.com. That's ThePaulLeslie.com Click on Support the Show And thanks to everyone who contributes Performance of the intro music Is courtesy of John Primorano The Entertainer Written by Scott Joplin End credit theme music Is courtesy of John Primorano The traditional song Corina Corina Your announcer is Dan Gold Hey, that's me! The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.